and salutations to our fine podcast audience. Welcome to Three Peas in a Pod, episode 190. We made it. And we're 10 away from 200. How y'all feel? Are you going to tell him that I almost guessed the number right? He almost did. We asked Ed what number, and he guessed 189. I was right He was really close. He was very close. He's keeping track. I'm not. I'm just amazed I got that close. He was pretty close. I was really excited. That's why I made you say it out loud. It's like they say, a blind squirrel finds a nut every time. Exactly right. Well, this one wandered right close. I did not find the exact thing we wanted. But you were close. I give you credit. I was in the neighborhood. I give you credit where credit is due. But yes, so here we are. We're 10 away from 200. We were talking about what to do for the 200th episode. We don't have a whole lot of ideas, but we would love to hear from you if you have some oh, ideas. that's good. I like that, dude. If you have some things you'd like to see, uh, we would appreciate it if they involve lots of food. Because yeah. we love food. We do. Okay, if you remember, if you've been with us long enough, we have had celebrations in the past, like, you know, 100, 150 mm. maybe. I don't remember when we've celebrated, but we've had food involved. We had a sponsorship at one point. We did we have did. a sponsorship. Remember, uh, we, we used to have food on a regular. That's uh, what I mean. We had a guy Good bring food, a, good fuel. Good. Yeah. I was trying to remember. Good food, good fuel. I can remember that when we were filming where we filmed when he was here, he was right off camera. Yes. With <laughs> he food. would just watch us eat the He was like right over Michael, there. if you're still watching, we're glad you're still watching. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Michael Laidlaw, our uh, vegan chef. Exactly. Vegan and chef. we're not vegan, but no. he would serve us up. Oh, no, but I would eat everything he fixed and was delicious. Because it was always good. delicious. Remember that mac and cheese? I, I could be Ooh. vegan, I think. Oh, I could. Mm-hmm. I think I could. Yeah. If I'd I was vegetarian for two whole years. Right. Vegan's a little tougher. Yeah, I man. tried. I tried. Because Michael, so I will say right. that. Just so we're clear, I don't know the difference, and I might admit that. Really? Okay. You know I know probably know the difference, but if you force me to say the difference, I don't know the so difference. So vegetarian is you don't eat any meat products. So you don't eat, you don't eat anything that has meat in meat. it. But Vegan. Vegan is you don't eat any kind of animal products. So you won't eat eggs. You or won't cheese. eat cheese. You won't Anything drink that milk. Comes from an animal. Okay. It's pretty yeah. tough because that's what is special about what Michael does is that what was special about the mac and cheese is you can make vegetarian mac and cheese from a craft box. That's right. Because there's no meat in it. Vegan mac and cheese. He, ha- he has this thing, and I still have some at my house, Michael, that he gave me when I because oh. I originally was trying to be. Vegan. That was my initial plan. Mm-hmm. And uh, Michael, I'm sorry, I'm not man enough for that. It is pretty <laughs> tough. There's this stuff called nutritional. We're going deep in the weeds. It's called nutritional yeast. Mm. All right. It is a form of yeast that when when mixed in with other foods, it tastes like cheese, which uh, is what makes it have that. It has, okay. you know, all of those flavors. I still have some nutritional yeast at my house. You mix that one, I believe. And you can find it on Good F- Food, Good Fuel's uh, Facebook page the recipe. Still plug I believe it's uh, I believe it's sweet potatoes that you puree. Mm. You mix in the the nutritional yeast, and it has the creaminess. Okay, I've become a great lover of sweet potatoes. I probably I eat sweet, sweet some form of sweet potato four to five times a week. Hmm. Yes, I'll tell you why. I had to inevitably stop. Uh, I actually really enjoyed being a vegetarian. I really enjoyed the judgment I could have on others. Oh, of course. That was very good. And it it is pretty good fuel. I'll just say that. But I will say, uh, one, it's really hard to go out to eat uh, because anything you're going to eat is going to be fried. Uh, I don't eat. Even though I go to the gym, I have a terrible metabolism. Ah. And so anything that's super fried, anything I eat. Uh, I was gaining lots and lots of weight. uh, As a vegetarian. As a vegetarian. Because when we would go out to eat, I couldn't do much. And then uh, the amount of, I think it's called cruciferous foods, things like wow. 
I lots of I'm so think, impressed I think with you that should word. Just end this because I've stopped being interested. Okay, <laughs> well we can be done. We can be done. I'm impressed with cruciferous. I don't know yes. what it means. I don't either. It's it's, it's cabbage type things. Brussels sprouts, cabbage in that. Uh, it's the same way I listen to my doctor when he starts talking. I'm like, yeah, hi. Just, just tune him just, just finish. I don't know what you're saying. Well, for, <laughs> for those who don't know, Ed's now in stage three cancer. But he has not, not, that is not true. I'm healthy. I'm very healthy. I well, you, as far as you know, because you don't you listen don't to listen the doctor. To I do. I listen right to the point that he's going to tell me, do I have a problem? Then when he goes into all the other stuff, I'm like, ah, can we end this? Yeah. <laughs> It, 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 is. it is as healthy, I guess, because he's not listening to what the doctor, the doctor says, I keep telling you, you're not doing well. And he's that's like, well, good, good bill of health from the doctor. Wow, that's not true at all. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is what happens when I have no direction for this podcast. <laughs> that's what happens. You can tell them why, Jason. Why is it that we don't, we, we, we got Well, no I have to say to our audience, our fine, fine podcast audience, that we have no questions. That's today. true. Nobody sent in any questions. And so we, I, but I do promise we're not going to sit around talking no, about food no, no. or Ed's, Ed's bad health we or, or Nathan's great. bad metabolism. Real, those That's of true. you who care, which I, I don't even know who that would be, but I am in fine health. Ed's doing fine. The reports of his death are greatly are exaggerated. By one guy, my son. <laughs> but having said all that, we do have a, a topic we want to cover over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. So, not thanks not to any of y'all for sending in the question, but we do want we you to send. We questions. do still want we you to send. We prefer it when you come up with it because yes. it's less work for us. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to sit around and think about what and to it's talk probably about. more interesting. Maybe I, I would hope yeah. so. But well, we're going to answer questions that we've been asked before, or sure. we've thought about before, or people have talked to us about. Okay, today's question is a question that we have gotten in the past mm -hmm. because we've actually talked about this years oh, and sure. years ago. Sure. The question is, is Christianity a religion or is that a relationship? Mm. And I remember back in the day, we actually did a series called Losing Your Religion. That's right. I remember that. Where we, we were pretty clear, Christianity is yes. not a religion. That's it right. is a relationship. Have we changed our minds on that? That's about 17 years ago. I was going to say. Yeah. I was going to say, it was early time. 2000s because I, yeah. I would have been in middle school. I remember sitting I in service and seeing uh, someone up on stage with a little mandolin. Playing Losing My Religion by R.E.M. Yeah, I remember, I remember that wow. as well. It's, I don't I remember that, but I love I'm the song. I'm pretty sure it's 2006. Okay. Almost positive it's okay. 2006. I, I, there are many things I don't remember. I can remember what season of the year I preached certain things. Wow. Sort of the year and the era. Interestingly enough, the song Losing My Religion, not about religion. Not at all. No, <laughs> not at all. But, but we, we like the title. Well, we knew, we knew the hook of it. That's the only words that most people know. That's true. Song yes, yes. Most people don't know what it's about. No. We anyway. also played uh, Stevie Wonder's Superstition in the middle mm. of that I remember that. Please I remember that. that. <laughs> don't bring back that memory. So how are we, we going to approach this topic? Because my question remains, have we decided differently on that? Have we changed our minds, guys? Uh, I think we're probably talking to a different audience six, yes. 17 Ooh, years ago. I would agree with that. I like that. I think we're probably just speaking Say more, to, Ed. To, to, I, think in, I think in the time 17 years ago when we were talking about that, most of the people we were talking to, um, even the people that we would have said were, we were reaching that were, weren't going to church, they had a lot of religious baggage. Mm -hmm. Yes. And they came to church. And so we would talk about things about, hey, we got to do things 
to get them to be interested and to uncross their arms and to get that we're probably not saying what you think we're going to say. So when we say, hey, we want you to lose your religion, you need to lose your religion. uh, That was not what most churches were saying. And so we'd Mm -hmm. send out postcards with things on them intentionally to be provocative to people who had religious baggage. And so that is not the era of... uh, religious upbringing most people have in the United States these days Mm. because so many people uh, were hurt by religion uh, when they were being brought up in baby boomers. And then Gen Xers were the very next generation. They had a lot of that as well. Mm -hmm. Their children, the ones that came after that, uh, they didn't go to church a whole lot. Nope. Mm-hmm. No, the majority. Certainly there were many that who did, but the majority did not. So they don't come in with baggage or understanding. And to say to a person outside that uh, didn't grow up that a church is not a religion doesn't make sense to them. Exactly. Right. So it's a different, it's a different group of people we are speaking to these days. So you say it's not a religion, it's a relationship because Jesus came to offer you a way to have a relationship with God. That was true. Mm-hmm. But Christianity is both mm-hmm. a religion and a relationship. You have a relationship right. with God, but there a religion is just a way of doing this thing with God. Mm-hmm. Okay. And okay. A, a methodology, is that the right word? I would say it's a I would say it's a um Honestly, the way I would say it is, is a set of practices. I okay. think, like that. I, which which is similar. I would have said yes. With then with, I would explain. I get yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, I would say I would say any relationship that you have uh, has a set of practices around it to keep it healthy, to keep it vibrant, to allow it to evolve as it as you grow and the other person grows. That you have these practices that are set around it to protect it. Relationships that don't, uh, they don't thrive very well. Relationships you say, we're just going to do everything organically. We're not We're, we're not going to put any intentionality behind our relationship. We're just going to see how we feel day by day. Those relationships, by and large, I'm guessing there are exceptions, by and large, those relationships don't do well. Mm-hmm. And so to be more specific, uh, you know, if I used to say this to teenagers, uh, I would say, you know, if if you're dating a girl, you're dating a guy, and, and you guys go, let's not put labels on this thing. Let's not call each other girl. Let's not commit to one another. Let's not do the practice. I don't want to be, you know, married. This idea of married and I have to come home to you every day. And I got to, I mean, what you're expecting me to say, I love you every day. You're expecting us to raise kids and be accountable, do our finances together. Well, those are practices. The practice of, I come home every day. Every day I come home to you. We share a bed together. I protect the fidelity of our marriage. I'm not going to be unfaithful to you, right? These are practices. I have to put things in place to protect that. If I'm unwilling to do those practices, I'm probably not very committed to you. And it's not the practices that make us married, because there are a lot of people that come home to the same person every day, and they're not married. And they do a lot of the same. It's not the practices that do. The practices, and so in this case, the religion that's around it, they are ways to reinforce the commitment I have made to this person. And there are some historical ones of that with Christianity 
But I, I, I'd go on the analogy that Nathan was just using, and they go back to why 17 years and the years before that and the way Western Christianity had been wrought in the United States. A lot of people were done damage by religion because religion became a way to define whether you had a relationship or not. Mm. And people would say, hey, man, if, if you drink, right. you're not a Christian. Hmm. If you have long hair at a certain time in my life, I remember that. you can't be a Christian. Mm-hmm. And people were taking these practices that had been historical with Christians they knew, attaching them to Christianity, and it became a religious kind of connotation to it. And people said, man, it ain't none of that. It's a relationship with Jesus. So they wanted to get rid of all of the bad rules. Mm-hmm. But the problem with that is, to a degree, which often happens, the pendulum swung, and people said, I have a relationship. I don't have any practices. Yeah. I don't yes. have any structure around this. But I did say a prayer when I was six. Mm. So it's one of those situations where we were trying to correct an error, mm-hmm. and, That's what I and we swung the pendulum all the way to the too far. That's exactly right. Mm. And so I meet a lot of people my age now who, uh, when they talk about it, I go to church, what they say it to me, and again, I'm... I'm 64 in a month. Mm-hmm. And they go, I go, hey, man, you know, uh, where do you go to church? They go, well, I went to church. And I go, when I ask them where, they go, well, when I was in vacation Bible school. And I'm like, dude, that's that's got to be 50. You're not, you didn't go last week, I don't think, mm-hmm. you know, because you're mm-hmm. 60. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they said a prayer. They established what they thought was a relationship. They haven't had much to do with that in a long, 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 long time. Yeah. They're still counting on that because somebody told them it's just that, it's not this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's the nature of uh, when you get down to it. So I know that this question, at least, I think has been in some of the the three of our minds as we've been preparing and we just have started at the time of filming this, this series uh, rooted that we've been in, and we've been talking about the creeds, yeah, uh, and especially the Nicene Creed, right? But there's also the Apostles' Creed, yep. which is another uh, kind of ancient creed that that much a lot easier to memorize. Than the, the Nicene Creed. God, Nicene Creed is pretty darn long. I uh, do not. I I, I, can, I have the Apostles' Creed memorized. That yes. other one, man. It, 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 let's be honest. The reason you and I have the Apostles' Creed memorized Rich is because the guy we love makes the music, and we can sing it. Partially, yes. (laughs) But you look at these, you look at these creeds, and I think for most people, I'll just say this: I grew up at Community Christian Church. uh, Up at, I've heard that song played at Community Christian Church. I can think of, I wrote a script one time that that we did twice, where we recited the Apostles' Creed. Outside of that. Creeds were not really part of our stream, as as I've called, of Christianity. So, you know, again, having been here 33 years and gone through a lot of iterations, I taught a form of the creed Mm -hmm. as the second series in this church at White Oak Elementary. I just didn't tell anybody that (laughs) because I knew it wouldn't have reached the people I wanted to reach. But I taught the things in it because we were trying to start a church and I wanted to make sure we were all on the same page. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. I, I still have the notes on it. They're all terrible. Yes. Right. You know, I, would not, I would not teach them again. Right. Uh, I then, when we moved into this building, and we moved in Christmas Eve 1999, in June of 2000, I taught a similar thing again about mm-hmm. what do we believe about God? What do we believe about Jesus? What do we believe about the Holy Spirit? What do we believe about the Bible? I taught all of that again. 
again, did not say, right. <laughs> I'm teaching you these things because it was a different time. But all the stuff we've taught at different times in different ways, the reason eventually I wanted us to just be open about the creeds is, again, the time that we're in. I know that for some people in our church that are my age and older and who have a, again, low church, which means we don't have a lot of liturgy, doesn't mean, he, doesn't mean we're uneducated. I don't want any, somebody, right. I used that a couple of weeks ago and somebody said, I don't think of us as being a low church. I don't mean we don't, we don't have seminary degrees, we don't study, we don't do that. It just means when it comes to liturgy and form and structure, it's not clearly it, stated. It's not as clearly yeah. stated as it is when you know you're going to go into this church and they're going to say this liturgy first and sing a song and then say this prayer. Yes. That's a that's a high church. Yes. Uh, I wanted it to be open because there is a question these days where everything is on the table and you can go to YouTube and you can find anybody talking about anything that we're talking about a historical faith that has been handed down yeah. through the years and that these things of what do we, what we believe, these aren't things that I created or Jason created or you created that right. have been, these aren't new to community Christian. These are historical truths that came, to, the generation right after the apostles began to put borders around this because as they grew, um, things begin, what happens with human beings is things mm -hmm. begin to start getting a little off to the edges. And somebody has to begin to say, no, 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 that's not what we believe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's that's where the creeds came from. I, th I think in the first week, which we had trouble microphones, so it's not even available on our YouTube channel because the recording of it was terrible. Hmm. Uh, uh, I talked about they're like bumpers. They're about like the bumpers on a uh, bowling alley. On a bowling alley. Uh -huh. Or they're like a rope that's tied to an anchor somewhere that holds you to the core. That's the nature of the creed. They aren't supposed to replace anything in the Bible. They are to keep you though, so that when a common person begins to read the Bible, which that's when they were first created, the Bible's now decided on you have these documents, and a person begins to read and have those taught to them. Somebody don't go, I think this verse means this, and it's totally off in left field. It doesn't mm -hmm. really matter what you think this means. This is what the apostles mean. It's in this, it's in this lane. Mm -hmm. And your your understanding of that has to stay in these lanes. And I think there's an important part of religion. You bring up Rich Mullins song Creed, you know, and the I think the most important part of that song is the part where he says, I did not make it, it's making me. It's it's the nature of what religion does, and we don't realize this. All of us, by nature, and I've heard N.T. Wright, who's a scholar, talk about this before, is we have a concept of religion, like you choose, this is my worldview, and this is what I'll have, he said. But, you know, historically, no one really had that. You just... He said, you know, he talked about when the missionaries went to India, they had to convince the Indians they had a religion called Hinduism because to them, that's the way the world worked. Yes. This was just reality. That's right. And I've recently been reading, uh, this is your Dallas Willard thing for today, I've been recently reading a book about the, the formal theology of Dallas Willard because he never wrote like a formal theology thing, but it's a person who's taken all of Dallas's teachings and writings and he's kind of created an academic thing around what did... Dallas Willard actually kind of think about all this stuff. And one of the things, um, you know, for, for Dallas with a lot of this stuff, when he talked about faith, he says faith, there's a difference between knowledge and faith. He says knowledge is you can know something to be true, but not actually have faith in it. And he said, faith is your 
person getting in line with reality. Mm-hmm. He goes, so, you know, and the, here, here's an example. I don't think it's the one he uses. This is one I just have. All of us know, no one has a doubt if you eat lower calorie foods and exercise, you will lose weight. The faith part is when you live according to, and you trust my life will be better if I live in accordance with the knowledge that I do have. Mm-hmm. Okay? So with that kind of thought, religion, these practices, it is me putting myself into the flow of the of the way that God says, this is the way I show up and I work. Yes. Jesus said that, uh, Jesus said that uh, the spirit of God's like the wind. It's un- uh-huh. it's unpredictable, but you can you know you can't always see it, but it's going to show up. But you know what's true about the wind? I was just on a cruise ship for six weeks. I know how to find it. I I, I and I know places to put myself right. where it's going to be windier. Mm-hmm. Where I know I know if I'm on a cruise ship and I'm out on the ocean, it's going to be windy. I said that to one of my daughters. Yes. They go, I don't like it. It's blowing my hair. And I said, What do you think was going to happen when you walked out on a cruise ship yep. in the middle of the ocean? Well, they didn't. They didn't know. But I said, But yep. now they do because they've experienced it. It's like that old thing that that I've heard for years, and we've all heard it. Is you know, I'm a Christian. I just don't do the church thing. And I, you, the three of us can attest. I know that not every time I show up at church, right, that. I get, I get a true moment sure. of connection with God, but I know this: I don't get it like I get it at church any other place. That's, That's right. right. Like this past Sunday, I had it was the oddest thing. I'm, I'm thinking about other things, but I'm standing in the in the auditorium with the body of Christ, and we're we're singing, and something about one of the lyrics yep. just crawled all yep. over my body, yep. and it. And it, in that moment, the spirit blew yeah, <laughs> as, as the wind, and I caught the I caught the wind in my sail. That's and right. It did something in me that I could not have done any other way, and could not have manufactured. And so, what you're saying is these practices that we have, they are our way of setting our sails out. They yeah, are. And, and some days the wind, wind doesn't blow no. in the direction I thought it would. That's right. But my job is to go out. As much as I can going, I want to throw these where I know the wind has been, where Mm -hmm. I, and here's the benefit that we have. Mm -hmm. People talk a lot about what God promises. What God, what Jesus did promise is, he says, where two or more are gathered in my name, I am there. Now, he doesn't tell us what he's going to do when he's there. He doesn't tell us what it's going to feel like when he's there. But he said, I'm going to be there. And so, in some, so, so gathering together as a church is a historic practice of, of the Christian religion, that if I am a Christian, I gather with the church. Uh, there are other things. I worship, right? Communion, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. baptism. There are these things that we I, see. I read the scripture. The reading pray, the scriptures, prayer. Uh, we're actually going to have a series after this one about the creed about here are these historic kind of, uh, and there's a lot more than just the ones we're naming, but these are kind of the ones that if you went to any church around the world and you said, uh, hey, I, you know, even if you went to China, you said, what would it look like for me to gather? Well, they're they're going to gather at some point, mm-hmm. right? They're going to probably pray at some point. There's going to be worship at some point. There's right? going to be baptisms. When happen, someone makes a decision. at some mm-hmm. point. Yep. That these things are going to happen. And those are our ways, and there are different analogies theologians throughout the years have used, but it's our way of setting our sails and going. The, G, God, Jesus said, I'm going to show up Mm -hmm. 
when you you guys are together and the scriptures talk about God writing in on the praises of his people, right? When we worship, he shows up that there's a way in the body and blood that 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 or, or in the in the bread and the juice, right? Or the wine, that Jesus is present with us. And I go, I just want to put myself in those places, just like I, as a husband, there are things I do every day for my wife. And if I go back to her going, why, why do I do that? Why do I, why do I say those things? Well, it's because for us in, in, in there are ways at Community Christian, we're a little different in our stream because of our culture, because what, that are kind of part of the community Christian That's version right. of this religion. Just like my marriage has practices that are different than yours. But I bet all three of us go, at some point every day, I'm probably telling my wife I love her. Yep. At some point, we're going to have that moment. We're going to have regular times, and we're the regularity talk. may be different. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but we're going to communicate something. Right. We're going communi- to have a date night. You were talking today about continuing to date your spouse. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, we have practices. The regularity looks a little different sure. than one another. But the fact that it is regular, mm-hmm. and what we know is if I want my marriage to be healthy— even if I don't feel like it, mm-hmm. I'm showing up on date night. And whether I'm or showing- not, and back to what we said in the beginning of this Rooted series, whether it works or not, right? right. I do it because I'm rooted in something greater. Because sometimes than- you go on a date and there's nothing special that happens. No. But you have to go on those to get to the ones that where do. something does happen. I say pretty regularly to my kids because this has been a big part of me because I want to I want to get back to the thing you're talking about why we're kind of flipping and, you know, and not flipping, but we're kind of going to this this side of the religion relationship side. I know for the, the culture of people in my generation, millennials, younger than me, Gen Z, Gen Alpha, I did youth ministry for a long time. I still love it. I'm, many Sundays you'll find me hanging out in the youth ministry room because I just, I can't help it. I love, I love that energy and talking with them uh, rooted is such a good word for what we're trying to do. There is a rootlessness mm-hmm. um, to younger generations that live. I think it's why I talked about it on our uh, sister podcast, the Not Great Parents podcast. Yes, it's why the you hear so many shows and movies now, not even like sci-fi stuff, talk about multiverse. Yeah, you know, you, you, Big Brother this year, which is a reality show, they're doing Big Brother multiverse. The reason why is because uh, not just string theory and all the science behind it. The internet created this world for us where in our minds, anything should be possible. Right. Mm-hmm. Dating has become, because I should be able to find the perfect spouse that will complete me and fulfill me and make me happy and all the things. There's, there is a perfect version of my life that exists. And therefore, all options are equal options. All ideas are equal ideas, which sounds really good and really open-minded. Except white supremacy also is an equal idea in that world. Mm. And all of us would go, no, no, outright, let's throw that one out the window. Arsenic also is a naturally forming organic material that will kill you. (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. But you're not going to find it in an organic restaurant. But it is organically grown. All ideas (laughs) are not equal. That's right. And so I regularly say to my kids, they'll say, so why are we doing this? And I say, because we follow Jesus. Yes. And I'll explain to him why he said, but I don't go, you know, because it's really nice to take care of people. And I may go into, hey, this is why Jesus says to do it. But I frequently, they know the answer, uh, which is why I said on a couple of podcasts ago, they say, oh, they said to one of my daughters, you're sound like daddy. Everything has something to do with Jesus. And I just say to them all the time, why do we do this? Because we're Christians. And this is what it looks like to be a Christian. And I want it to be clear to you. And I said, my wife and I say it regularly is so that one day 
if you don't choose to follow Jesus, it won't be because I didn't make clear to you what it looks like. Mm -hmm. You'll at least know for clear I'm rejecting this, not rejecting some false version that you come up because all ideas are somehow equal and you just came up with your own version of it. You know this is what it looks like to follow Jesus. We forgive when people wrong us. Right. We give. We're generous people. We, we live on less than we make so that we can give. This is what it means historically to be a Christian uh, we take care of the poor. We we go to church on Sundays. We all of these kind of things. This is what we do because not because it makes us feel good, not because it works. Because forgiveness don't feel like it works. No, it takes a long time for forgiveness to feel like it works. Yep, but we do it exactly. So to, we're running out of time. So to put a bow on this. Um, how do we how do we bring this to a I would one say, final statement? I, I think the reason that people need to think about it differently, well, the reason religion is helpful for you is because there inevitably in every relationship and everything you do comes dry seasons. There comes mm. times where, one, it, it, it didn't work the way, and by most of us, when we say it worked, is it made me feel better. Yes. It made my immediate, immediately I knew I had done the right thing because X, Y, Z. Uh, there were not always good consequences that come to you immediately from doing everything that you should do. The reason a pattern, a way of doing that is historically true is you know that this has proven through the ages this is the way of Jesus and long term it is the way that is helpful to your life. And I'll just say, and I think all of us, I mean, you know, I've been a Christian a long time. You've been a Christian a long time. You've been a Christian a long time as well. I am not the same person I was mm -hmm. when I first began to follow Jesus. And who I am now, who I really, really, I like who I am now. I would not have chosen to be this person when I first started following Jesus. If you had said to me, hey, Ed, 40 years from now, you're going to be like this, 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 and this. And I go, yeah, man, that ain't never happening because I ain't going to let that happen. Mm. But over time, by doing the things that the church has historically put patterns around that I, that I do, I've become a person that I am so grateful that God has made me into. And mm. that's the benefit of it. When you're just out there looking for the next spiritual high, because I prayed a prayer, I went to this concert, or I sang this song, or I heard this thing, and I did this thing, and I went over there to get that, which is a lot of Christian culture these days. Yeah. I, I don't commit to one group of people. I don't commit to one body. I'm not committed to these people, where sometimes requires for me to serve and sacrifice, and I'm giving to them, and they get something, but I didn't get anything immediately. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't become the person that long-term becomes more like Jesus, who, you know, sometimes uh, you have to die. Mm -hmm. <laughs> kind of required. It, it's a part of it. That's he what said, he said. That's what he said. And so that's what he's offering. It's the part of that that nobody gets when they begin to say, I want all things are equal. I was thinking of that when you were talking about that. All things are equal, and I want the thing that works for me. Dying doesn't work for me. No. But it is required mm -hmm. 
to become what God wants me to be. And not just when I'm old and dead and physically dead. Every day. I must die to myself in little ways to become who God wants me to be. So in that, on that vein, next week, we are going to take this another step further. And we're going to talk about in terms of religion has practices. Mm-hmm. We sort of established that. So we're going to start talking about some of these practices yep. that are a part of being a follower of Jesus mm-hmm. in this religion that we're all part talk of. Talk about another word that we don't talk about much, sacraments. sacraments. Mm-hmm. So hold on to that word. We're going to talk about sacraments next week. And for those of you who are scared, no, we're not Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> but we are sacramental. We do believe in the one Catholic church. Oh, yes. That's in the creed. Small, small C. That's in the creed. <laughs> All right, so come back next week. We will talk sacraments, and uh, for those of you who don't know what they are, we'll learn something. So have a great week. See ya. See ya.